Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's goody? To quote our good friend, Big Marv, what's goody, Tony Defio, as we get ready to embark onto the Steelers Q&A pretty soon. We're going to shed our Q&A and become the hangover when real football is going to be played. But for right now, we're asking questions and we're changing questions. So, Tony, what is going on, my friend? Uh, everything on this side of uh, the Q&A is pretty good. Uh, lots of questions to answer today. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great. It was a steamer yeah. in Maryland today. I'm, I'm talking... Over a hundred in my car. I know that. Uh, I have just been sweating like crazy, and it's it's just not a good sight. Nobody wants to uh, even envision the sweat rings around the good old <laughs> BAD here, uh, Tony. But yeah, it is definitely a hot day. It is definitely summer in July, and it's absolutely crazy in what is becoming 2020. And now I'm going to bring up something that I didn't tell you I was going to bring up. My wife texted me this morning about 6.30 and says, hey, can you come up here? I'm like, yeah, what's up? I think we have a murder hornet in the oh, carport. And oh, the thing was that. giant. It was, it was like this. What, uh, what did it look like? You know what? It was uh, just very long. It was definitely a hornet, uh, definitely black and gold. And it was actually quite this. It was pretty. It was beautiful. Uh, wow. But the thing about it is it was really big. And I don't know what a murder hornet's supposed to be like. And it might not even be a murder hornet. <laughs> but it just seems to go with the 2020. So I got the spray out. And I I, uh, I hate killing anything, even, even if they're uh, scary. But I am the bug guy. I'm the... Uh, the bee, the wasp, and hornet guy, and definitely my wife is afraid of spiders. If if I tell you what, if I came into the house wearing a cloak of spiders, she would divorce me in a heartache. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> there you go. So it started off with murder hornets and uh, with allegedly murder hornets, but that's what's going on. That's what's goody in the BD house, the BAD house. Well, I would have moved. That's how, <laughs> I how, how afraid I am of those things. If you guys in the live chat or anywhere out there in, in the uh, social media sphere, if you want to uh, intimidate me, just show me wasps and bees, and I'll, I'll run away, and I won't write any more mean articles. <laughs> you know what's funny? And it, it, it's really funny that I have, uh, I've just become that guy that there's certain things that I clean up in the house. There's, but I am the bug guy and uh, anything that scares my wife and she's passed it on to my kids too. So they're scared of this stuff. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> I get a, I can be fast asleep. And it's like, there's a spider, 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 spider. And I'm like, oh, here See, we I'm go. not afraid of spiders. I'll flick a spider away. I don't care. But anything that has uh, wings, I'm, I'm, I'm running for the hills. Really? You know what scares me the most? And it, it, it comes from the movie First Blood. I'm afraid of rats when he's in the sewer and the rats are climbing off of, they're mm -hmm. hanging off of Stallone. Ugh. And I've always been afraid of rats. Snakes don't bug me. Spiders. I mean, I, I had a biology teacher that uh, before he failed me in seventh grade, um, or now it was 10th grade when he failed me. Um, he, uh, he had this uh, theory that you should never kill a spider 
because a spider is going to get rid of all the other bugs in the house. So I always did that. And so now, um, yeah, I, I failed it for one six week period in, uh, in 1987 so um but i i had got redemption i didn't fail for the whole year but as far as things go i've i've always uh been cool to spiders i'm like they could i could coexist with them but here we go you know that's that's a big thing for me so now that <laughs> we know our phobias i want to talk about an anniversary before we get started with steelers as you know you know where i was born and raised i am a johnstown guy through and through. I love being a Marylander now, but I will always be a Pennsylvanian. And here's the thing. Something happened 43 years ago today. I got my tonsils out, Tony. I was mm. five and a half years old, but that's not what we're remembering. Because can you imagine being a five and a half year old kid? And what do they tell you that's going to make you feel better about getting your tonsils out? You get some ice cream. You get ice cream, you get popsicles, you get all that stuff. That stuff fire doesn't happen. Yeah. A, a fire truck? Toy fire. That's what I got. Toy oh, fire okay. Truck. You know, I uh, I remember I got a Millennium Falcon when I got uh, when I got my allergy testing because I was in the hospital for a long time and I missed out on seeing meeting Lee Lacey of the Pirates. It was it was mm -hmm. a devastating thing. Still got his autograph, but didn't get to meet him. Um, Nineteen eighty, and I digress. But here's the problem. You don't get ice cream. You don't get popsicles. You don't get anything but a sore throat when you get your tonsils out during the Johnstown flood of 1977. Oh. And so there you go. I will that, never forget that. Oh, that sucks. So, and it was the, and you know, Johnstown, the flood city. We know it. Um, there have the 1889 flood was devastating. And the 1937 flood on St. Patrick's Day was not as bad, but this is still a flood in 1977 that took over 200 some people, and it was wow. devastating to a lot. I mean, so it was it was the minor flood of the three, but still a big big deal. Um, yeah. I remember my dad picking me up. They ended up getting me ice cream. They. Um, we were we lived on the top of the hill and we were able to drive to go get it. He, they got me the stuff, but I didn't, didn't get it as much. Um, mm. But I do remember my dad taking me to a uh, shelter, and I looked around and saw all these people on cots and kids and everything. And I, wow. uh, it's something that I'll never forget the rest of my life. So forty three years ago today, the Great Johnstown flood, and I just wanted to uh, remember that. And for everybody we lost forty three years ago. And everybody that uh, lost their homes, I just want to go ahead and uh, bring that up. If you ever do get to Johnstown, you go to City Hall, look at the high watermarks. They're absolutely mind-boggling to see how people survived water that high. So, it's amazing how, how devastating uh, Mother Nature can be. Water, fire, wind, it's crazy. And now murder hornets. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, gosh. So, Tony, anything going on before we get into the uh, the crux of the show today? As far as Steelers or, or me, dude, this is this is our BTSC family. If there's something going on with you, let me know. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to be on the lookout for murder hornets now. So, <laughs> but uh, other than that, because of the, uh, the the hot temperatures and high humidity, I was able to get down to 185. Yeah, a fake 185. Whoa. But still, 
185. I was pretty happy about that. And that is your low since what high school or? Oh no, uh, two years ago at this time I was about 170. So okay. it's my low. It's my low this year. <laughs> Fantastic. That's that's applause, and I think that's absolutely incredible. I know for me, losing weight is hard, and I'm working on it. I'm having a little bit of success, but when I hear that, Tony, I. Well, I, I think- that's absolutely fantastic. I heard the other day your 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 weight loss. That's 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 to be congratulated. Yeah, One pound is, is is something to be congratulated. So yeah, I'm down because you know, man, I I was flirting with 300. Mm-hmm. I was yeah, two you're... away, and now I'm uh, I'm in the 260s, and and that's in about a year and a half. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, but let let's I need to get it down. I need to get it down more. Uh, you can so do it. I'm thinking next year, Tony. When COVID 19s over, you and I show up in June to Steeler Fantasy Camp. There you, you go. That? Hey, we'll do some sweat. I love it. I love sweating it. Sweating with the oldies. I love it. I, I, I would, I would, that would be a dream come true. That, that, that would be a great thing. That's a, and you know what? We, we would need to get more people involved in that. Get, our BTSC family. I need to see Lance Williams to come to fantasy camp with us. Have Dave mm-hmm. Schofield there, Big Bro Sco, you and me. We'll even get we'll even get Michael Michael Beck down from the Great White North. There, you know, yeah, he, a, he was two ninety six as a yeah, lineman you, in college. Yeah, I remember you saying he seems like a pretty good athlete. Yeah, now he's now he looks like a little dude compared to me. So. uh there you go. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the show because what we what we have come here to talk about Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of Pittsburgh Steelers news today. There is so much going on, and we kind of anticipated this coming into the fact that the season should be starting soon. The first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they open the schedule, if they do open the schedule on time. On Monday Night Football against the New York Giants in the state of New Jersey, there's not going to be a fan in the stands. Tony, what are your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts are I'm not surprised. I, I, I actually kind of expected that to be the, that way everywhere in, in Week One. Um, we just had a game here, an exhibition game, a baseball game on Saturday, and there were no fans at PNC Park. It was the Pirates and the Indians. So that was, it was nice to see people playing, but I didn't expect to see anybody in the stands. And uh, that's what new, the New York, New Jersey area. That's one of the epicenters for the uh, COVID-19. So I, I'm, I'm certainly not shocked that, that there won't be fans in the stands. In fact, I, I expect that to be that way for the vast majority of the season. You know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still contending that they are going to have fans in the stands. That's something that could change, especially when you have government stepping in, and I mm-hmm. believe it was the New Jersey governor that stepped in and said that it won't be happening. Mm-hmm. Does that change? Did you watch the Pirates and Indians the other day? I watched a couple, first two or three innings. It it it, it took some getting used to to see to hear uh, no fans, uh, you know, to hear no noise from the stands. But I, I think it's something we can get used to, especially a, a sport like football where there's. You know, a lot, a lot of soccer fans might disagree with this, but a lot of hockey fans might disagree. But there's usually a lot of action going on in a football game, more so in a baseball game. So I think I think it's something we can get used to. Did they have the scoreboard going? Did they have stuff like the uh, – because we've always talked with the Steelers. Are they going to play Renegade? Uh, 
do they, uh, if there are no stands in the fans, excuse me, fans in the stands, and did they have the organist going? They didn't have anything. Uh, but then, you know, it was an exhibition game, but uh, they, they didn't have any, I didn't, you know, there was no walk-up music. There were no, uh, there was no PA announcer from what I remember. Uh, as far as the scoreboard, that was still in, in effect, but, but, um, but the, the two or three innings I watched, there weren't any runs scored. So maybe that, that happened. Maybe there was some more noise, some, some uh, fake noise generated after runs were scored. But the, 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 the most interesting thing to me was that, that they had tents put up, set up on the, above the first and third base dugouts and, and players were sitting there. They were all spread out like three or four seats apart. So I think that's, that's, it's been interesting to see what they do for NFL sidelines. Uh, when the season starts obviously they can't be up in the stands it'll be too far away but but it'll be interesting to see how they what they do about social distancing on the sidelines absolutely and that's going to go into our next topic but before we get into that our good friend reed over and says governor wolf could be putting allegheny county back to red Mm. phase which is where pittsburgh is so it's going to be very interesting uh you're you need to take it day by day right now as a sports fan but if you have sports in any fashion, the fact that the Pirates and the Indians were on the field playing the other day in an exhibition game, that means that you've got it back. And whether there's fans in the stands or not, if you have some of your product back, you have you have something to root for. So there you go. Um, as far as the player safety goes, Tony, you mentioned social distancing in the dugouts, um, on the sidelines for the Steelers. There are players that uh, with the hashtag we want to play and that has been coming out from the NFL players association. And there have been players that have been speaking out. If you get an opportunity to read Michael Beck's article on behind the steel curtain.com today, it's a very good article, which has a lot of the tweets from the players um, and some other players has Adam Schefter's uh, tweet of what's going on right now. And basically what they want, Tony is they want, guarantee of safety which you're never going to get a guarantee but they want to see what the nfl can do for them to be safe what are your thoughts on this my friend well i mean my thoughts are i think a lot of this stuff should have been hammered out already i mean we've seen how the how baseball hockey and basketball how they've gone about their business with with their protocols and their negotiations with the players over the last several months trying to get their seasons restarted so you know, as far as stuff like like testing and 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 whether or not the the players could be guaranteed, you know, uh, opt out clauses, you know, and and I guess they could opt out the season and still be paid, you know, that should have already been figured out by this close to training camp. Um, as far as as assuring the safety, I mean, it's unless you unless what what a, a sport like football, I mean, any sport really, but especially a sport like football, unless you have testing every day, I don't know how you can really. A sure safe. but they did they did bring up some good points i mean what happens like the one thing that i found interesting with jj watts tweet over the weekend is what what happens if a player gets test positive and and you know do you have to quarantine everybody that he was around i mean how do you do that you know so these are a lot of things that that maybe you just can't work out because it's it's such a it's such a weird thing it's one thing to tell the public stay home social distance but when you're playing sports i mean i don't know how you can do it but Again, stuff like testing and everything, that should have been hammered out already, I think, this close to training camp. And you know I do not try to get political on this show, and I will not get political on this show. But my question to you, Tony, 
If you're a player, is it worth it to play? <laughs> it's a good question because if if it were a matter of them basically sequestering themselves for months or you know, quarantining themselves like like a in a bubble, like a bubble city or bubble cities, and you just travel, you don't, you know, then maybe. But when you're talking about they want to be around their families, they, you know, they want to socialize and all that stuff. You know, there's if you're not willing to do that, or are you or you know, or are you are you want to, do you want to take the risk of playing? Because um, if you're in Pittsburgh and you're doing everything right, you know, say you're a Pittsburgh Steeler, you're doing everything right. You don't know what the what are the Giants players doing? You know, are, are they are they taking responsibility? Are they are they social distancing? Are they staying home at night? Are they are they ordering takeout? You know, that kind of thing. So if I'm a player and I'm I, I might say, no, I don't want to play. That's just how I would look at it. You know, for me what I would probably be wanting to do, I would be the guy that, uh, and you saw me, I showed up in a hazmat suit at the beginning of all this, just, you know, just for levity's sake. And, uh, didn't go over well with everybody, but <laughs> you know, I would probably, that would probably be the stance I would take as a player. I don't care if it's 95 out, I'm wearing long sleeves, I'm wearing gloves. And I saw the face shield and the face shield looked half decent so you know i mean that's uh something to protect but everything that goes goes in it with the people around you if they're not taking it as seriously and that yeah. could that could happen now right and that could definitely happen now and that could be a problem so what i want to do tony is i just want to bring up some of the Steelers that had some tweets and some interesting ones joe hayden was simply we want to play right. vince williams and the subject of our show last week, good old Vinny Vitti Vici, 98. If you want to go back and check out that show about Vince Williams, that is, uh, that is a really good one. You can find it on all streaming networks here on the BTSC family of podcasts. Vince Williams says, with more than 20 million Americans tapping into unemployment benefits, I'm thankful to have my job. However, everyone deserves a safe workplace. I don't think you could say it any better than that, Tony Defio. And I agree. I mean, um, we always try to, you know, we talk about athletes uh, and we kind of forget that they're, they're citizens or humans, you know, that they have concerns just like we just because they get paid a lot of money and just because they're doing something for a living that we'd love to, to, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd probably do for free if we could. It doesn't mean that they're not, they're, they don't have a right to feel concerned about, about their health and safety. Um, you know, he, he, that was a good thing for him to say. Uh, he, he saw both sides of it. Yeah, there are a lot of people out of work, but they still want they still want to they, they still have their own concerns. They're human beings. Terrell Edmonds uh, brought up this last evening, and it was it was a pretty long tweet. I'm just going to talk about a little bit of it. We still need a full acclimation period for our training camps, as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know how many preseason games we are going to play. It looks like the NFL, Tony, is going to counter with one as the Players Association is like is wanting to be zero. Um, so you're probably going to have one preseason game, and that might be it. Players have to report in less than 24 hours, and even if none of these things have been addressed, they are subject to fines if they do not show up. We want to play, all caps. So he brings up a good thing here, too. And one of the things that the players are asking for, I was talking to the Oracle Dave Schofield about this earlier before the show. 
And he said they're probably going to get it. And what the players want, and right now it's at two days, the first two days of reporting, you test. They want tested every single day. Tony DeFeo, that's not too much to ask, is it? Uh, I mean, a few months ago, maybe when testing seemed a, a little uh, scarcer. Yeah, but now, no. I mean, now that the testing seems to be more frequent, I think it's, you know, and you got a billion dollar industry like the NFL. I think I don't think it's 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 too much to ask. It's a it's a it's the one sport where you can't really practice social distancing. Not that you really can with any sport, like I said earlier, but it's the one sport where these players are going to be banging into each other. Uh, play after play after play, you're going to be playing different teams, not just your own team, but you're going to be playing different teams all throughout the season. So yeah, you should, you should be required to be tested every day. That's the only way you're going to, you're going to uh, know for sure whether where like where these players are at on a, on a daily and a weekly basis. You, yeah. You should be able to be tested every day in, in a, a league that's worth billions of dollars. So here's here's some of the things, and I, I just laughed because I looked down. Porta Quenba wants to start a GoFundMe page so that Terrell Edmonds can opt out. <laughs> there's always somebody out. every year. Every year, there's always that that one player that everybody everybody. The hates. one player that that uh, there's all, it was Harvey Clayton back in our day. But you know right. what? I I think uh, the subject of of the show with with Michael and Lance the other night on uh, the standard is the standard, very good subject about Terrell Edmonds, um, talking about um, his future and his worth of the team. And uh, you might be surprised what uh, what he comes up with as far as being a good player. So I'll take all 11. Remember, hashtag unsexiest supermodel, that's your Terrell Edmonds. But so what, what I'm going, I don't even know where I was going to go with this, but the bottom line is everything is changing, Tony. The way we do everything in this world has changed this year. We're hoping to get it back to normal. Will it ever get back to complete normal? Maybe not. But I got to tell you this. I work in the pharmaceutical in industry. I am a shirt, tie, sometimes a jacket, dress pants. But the last four or five weeks, I've been wearing medical scrubs to work. So I could come home. I could take them off. I have high risk. I have a high risk. Uh, a wife and child as far as immunity wise. I have a son with Lyme disease that, um, that if he gets sick, then it's, re he's really going to, uh, it's going to put him down for a while. It's not going to kill him, but it's really going to, uh, um, hopefully it wouldn't, but you know, I'm not getting into all of that, but my world's changed. I walk in wearing, wearing a mask. I have to, I cannot take it off. Um, I was asked the other day, I had a doctor say to me, he said, hey, you can go ahead and take that off if you want. And I'm like, nope. I mean, um, it's company policy and and I want to be safe for you. And and that's it. And we, we've, uh, we could talk about masks. We could talk about everything. And that's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is finding ways to keep yourself safe and keep the other people around you safe because it's kind of paying it forward with disease control. That's probably the best thing. And uh, <laughs> Steelers Pittsburgh mentions no John Oates mustache. Mm -hmm. um, boy, did I get a lot of uh, anti-John Oates texts the other days. It, it really hurt me. The, the minute I get the <laughs> Huey Lewis text, I'm, I'm probably going to cry. So um, we want to wrap that up with, with a big bow. That's kind of what's going on. And this is the big concern with the players. Then you have another former Pittsburgh Steeler who announced his retirement again, Tony? 
the big AB went on. Uh, he said he had he's proven everything he can. And of course, people were quick to say you didn't win a championship. But you know, I, obviously, as as far as a player, he 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 did a lot for that for his career. Uh, you know, but I, I I'm not going to believe that he's retired until I see it. And even then, I'm not going to believe it because you know, look at guys like Ricky Williams who came back. Um, I, you know, he's got a lot to overcome to even play again. So maybe that's why he's, he's just feeling frustrated. You figure it's, it's multi-layered. I mean, he's got to overcome the all the off-field issues and the team's perceptions of him. He's got to get somebody to sign him. He's got to get somebody to willing to sign him, even though they know he's going to go on the exemplist as soon as he, he becomes an NFL player again. So he's got a lot to overcome. Maybe he's just frustrated. And I, it's all self-inflicted. And, you know, that's all we've got to say with that. I agree with you. I don't think that it is going to be the end. I think you're going to see him on a football field again. But here's the one thing. You could talk about everything that went on, every, maybe the motivation of, of why it happened, whatever. But I want to bring up Ezra, great contributor to the show, AB, greatest wide receiver in Steeler history. Then I hate that fact. It's true. I mean, it's I, arguable, but it's it's true. Um, and that's that's another show. Snowman, another great contributor, says no, he's not. That's why it's arguable. So there's there's some th- that's you know we'll save that because that's that's a whole show. That's right. a whole retro yeah, well, show one of these days. Exactly, and there's no denying. I mean, you guys can think what you want about him and uh, about his personality, and it's hard to defend his character. But what he contributed on the football field, there's just no there's no mistaking his greatness. So yeah, it, it is an arguable point. Jared Devil says he may have the accolades, but he'll never have a ring. Neither does Dan Marino. And no one's going to say that he's not the best Miami Dolphins quarterback of all time. Right. Nor, and in fact, some are going to say that he's the greatest NFL quarterback of all the time of all time without the rings. So I I'm a huge Dan Marino fan. And yeah, when you have uh so, so when you have people like Peyton Manning who idol who absolutely idolize him. <laughs> that's all you that's all all the endorsement he needs. And then we have had this conversation. Um, actually, it wasn't long ago that we had this this conversation. But I want to bring up Snowman here. His his list is Heinz Ward, John Stallworth, Lynn Swan, then Mister Third and Fifth. Here's the thing: if you have all of these guys that are competing for number one, and you have a guy the caliber of Mister Third and Fifth, Antonio Brown, Mister Richard Gummies, at fourth <laughs> on that list. Other people might have them first, but if you have an argument with four guys, right. that's pretty amazing. You that's know, you talk list. about the great running backs and the great the the great uh, linebackers of all time and the great everything in Pittsburgh. But gosh, that's great. That is an awesome sports bar argument to have. Um, mm-hmm. Joey Junior says he's the greatest enemy. It's a damn shame. All the talent. He'll never be the same when it comes to another football team. I'll never play like he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, he'll never play again like he played for for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Marv, I didn't even read it yet, but I trust Big Marv. And Big Marv, we shouted you out at the beginning of the show. Um, yeah. I mean, what's good at the beginning of the show? Um, in tribute. Everybody's saying this about Antonio Brown now, but before he started acting out and acting wild, everybody on the page loved Antonio Brown, and that's true. And we could talk about that. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it, I'm going to bring up uh, Dave Shipley, another great contributor, saying Lips, just the wrong team. Lips Lips could have been great, too. And he he's number five all time as far victim as stats go. Yeah, just so, a victim of circumstance. Yeah, he, time. 
born too late. Yeah. And born too early. Born there too, you yeah, go. Right in the, born right in the middle. That's why, that's why I loved our shows the last two weeks. About the, the, I mean, he was, a, he was an all-pro, but the, the greatest uh, players in there make a pro, but it's nice to honor those kind of players because sometimes they get overlooked because they didn't win Super Bowls. And that comes, that segues us in perfectly, Tony, to the title of our show today. And we're going to get that in just a moment. And that moment now to get to that is now. And what that is, is which Steeler on the 2020 roster, Tony, would you build a franchise around? You have so much talent on this team, young talent on this team, because of a couple of trades, um, one, one trade in particular, and some very smart, very good drafting. There's probably three that jump out right away and some others you could argue with. Now, the Steelers have a player, Tony, that you're not going to, you're probably not going to build a franchise around now because he's at the twilight of his career. But the Steelers, would you agree, had that player in Ben Roethlisberger and they built a, te built a team around him? They absolutely did, yeah. I mean, he, he was the, uh, in many ways, he was the missing ingredient for a lot of teams that came close in the early, late or early 2000s. And uh, yeah, and, and they and they built the line around him. They kept uh, giving him uh, skill position players. They made sure the defense stayed strong for many years through the early 2010s. Yeah, they built, they 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 knew what they had, and they uh, they uh, they built they they kept building around him. So I'm going to just ask you straight out: We have all these players on this team that could actually. Not all, but there's there's a good three to five that you could possibly argue that you could build a team around. I am probably going to say at this point four, with one being a little older, and his position might might uh, actually I'll say five, but with two being a little older and uh, one of them their position probably a uh, player you don't build a team around because of his position, but. Who are you going to say right off the bat? Who's the oh, first I, guy that, that jumps out to you? Oh, it's definitely T.J. Watt is the first player that comes to mind. He's Aaron Donald. He's J.J. Watt. I mean, he's that caliber of a difference maker on defense that, uh, you know, if he's playing at this level or he gets even better, I mean, he's an all-time great. So definitely he'd, he'd be – and he's still young. So he's somebody I would, I would definitely – he would be number one on my list. So Matty Peverall brings up the guy that I'm going to bring up too, which makes this actually a really good debate. Minka over Watt. Reason is Watt is more likely to have a few injuries over Minka, and I hate saying this. Now, that's probably the, the guy that I was going to bring up. Before we get into Minka, let me talk about the, the other guys. And Brad Jewett says top five. And uh, so probably the top five, and I could be leaving somebody out, and but I'm going to tell you who my top five would be. And the problem is two are on the older end, so you're probably not going to build a team around David DeCastro and Cam Hayward. But those guys are Steeler royalty and Steeler superstars. I don't think you could build a team around them, but I'm going to put them four and five, and I'll let you and the live chat put them in a position. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, they're they're older. I'd have to go uh, Cam ahead of uh, DeCastro because Cam could be more. You know, David DeCastro is probably better at his position, but he, Cam's more uh, more impactful. So I'd put four and five. 
Okay. And so I'm seeing some on here that uh, we could probably replace them with. So because of the age, we're going to go ahead and move them out. And so, and Matty Peverell says, one would argue we, we built around Pouncy. I, I think you were, you were uh, building around Ben Roethlisberger first. But so uh, Brad Jewett brings up two other guys. So I'm going to throw them in the mix. Where would you put Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster? And I don't think you're putting them at three. Well, I, I would put uh, Juju. Uh, I think Juju is somebody you, you could build a, a team around. I think he's this heir as Heinz Ward. The only question is, because uh, I think his, his only problem last year was a lack of big Ben. But, um, and so, and know, some injuries. Oh yeah, and some injuries, and 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 the fact that he was being double teamed, and and the you know all that stuff. But and like we said, if Antonio Brown didn't do so hot in, in 2015, when when that problem arose, but I I think he's the kind of player you could build an entire franchise around simply because of his personality and his work ethic and his talent. So I would put him ahead of Deontay Johnson as of right now because we still don't know everything we need to know about him. So would you put Deontay Johnson at number five? Or are you going to put a guy like James Conner at number five? And the the problem is he's got the injury history and everybody's going to bring that up. And I understand that. So are, are you looking at uh, Deontay Johnson, DJ 18 at number five, or is it James Conner for you? I would actually, I would, can I, can I pick a whole new player? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would. If, if, if we're just going number five, because I knew who my top three would be because it's, it's young youth and talent. And I think I think I know who your number three is as well. Right. And it's probably mine. So before you do that, who's your number three? I think I, I would have to go with Devin Bush. I think he's he's like Minka and TJ Watt. He's somebody that if he gets if he gets his act together, not that he has, you know what I mean? If he gets if he figures things out right away and becomes a player that they think he, he can be, then there's a guy, there's three guys you can put your, your, your entire team around. So I would definitely put Devin Bush number three. And, and I think you do. Um, so let's go ahead and look at, uh, so who's your new guy? Who's the guy I, that I'm not talking about? I would, for, uh, as weird as it might be to say, it would be, it would be Steven Nelson because he's he's really young and he came into his own last year. I mean Joe Hayden is probably uh, the more talented guy, but he's older. And you know T uh, Steven Nelson, he he can't he really came into his own last year and he almost presented as a, as a shutdown corner because people very rarely threw his direction. So I would definitely at this point Steven Nelson number five. Mind blown. Actually, I I wasn't thinking that way. And I live chat, help me out with that. Um, are you backing up Tony on that one? Does Steven, Steven Nelson deserve to be in the top five? And I, uh, Those guys I tell are you so what, hard to find. good pull, Those Tony, really good pull. Are you going to put him, build a team around Steven Nelson, or are you going to build a team around one of those young wide receivers? That's for the live chat, right? Yeah, that's for the live chat. Oh, okay. So, because you've already answered, yeah. So that that's really good. Ryan O'Toole says Tony makes a makes a good point. We're getting uh, Ezra wants to say secondary. He said he said it three times. Um, Matty Peverall and Lance said it earlier. Ryan Switzer, Big Marv, Big Marv's got your back. 
Matty Peverell's got your back. Uh, well, they just Matty Peverell's saying Nelson would be number seven. Big Marv is saying top five. He's putting Steven Nelson. Dave Shipley says Sutton. The problem with Sutton is he hasn't still, seized the day, and he's going into year right. number four. Yeah, he's still so largely uh, largely unproven. Yeah, you know, we don't even. He's not even really a starter. So I mean, you can't. You don't even know if he if he's capable of starting sixteen games. So Steelers, Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh is saying build around defense, and you know what? That's pretty much what we're doing. So what we're trying to figure, Porta Quinba keeps on repeating Josh Rosen. So I will go ahead and uh, I will acknowledge Josh Rosen <clears throat> in that news as well. Um, I uh, don't know if you're being facetious or not, but as far as uh, building a team around a player, um. I'm still looking at uh, one wide receiver. So let's go ahead. Since a lot of people are saying defense and they're really not backing up. Um, let's just pick, let's pick the wide receiver that you would build your team around. Are you building your team around Juju Smith-Schuster? Or are you building it around Deontay Johnson? At this moment, definitely Juju. I think he's, he's uh, the more proven talent. The only question about him is he's, a, he's coming into the final year of his contract. That's the only problem. And one thing I want to say about Juju anybody that brings up the fumbling issues, they're not issues. They're just bad timing Two, bad timing. You remember them because it's the saints game and it's the Ravens game and they were crucial. However, they were two. Um, you don't see him put the ball on the ground a lot. And with, uh, you had a show about two months ago talking about the work ethic of James Conner and the work ethic of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, what they're doing for this year. I cannot wait to see what kind of fruit that bears. I think mm -hmm. it is going to be absolutely incredible. So it looks like we're going with Nelson at number five. At number four, we are going to look towards um, one of those wide receivers. And it looks like at this point, you're saying Juju, a couple of people are saying Johnson, but I think you're getting backed up with Juju. So let's go Juju number four. We'll probably put uh, Juju number six, I mean, uh, Johnson at number six. Um, and number three, and we have not talked a lot about this guy, and it's Devin Bush. So I'd like you to go ahead and go ahead and stretch that out a little bit and tell us more why you think Devin Bush, Tony, is going to be the man for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, well it's like uh, what I, I love this quote. Jerry Dulac quoted a, a, an anonymous ex executive or general manager a couple of years ago. And when he said, if you're slow in the middle of the defense, your whole defense is slow because you don't have anybody uh, to go. He said, if you're slow at inside linebacker, your whole defense is slow because you don't have anybody who can go side to side and get the depth on, you know, pass plays. And Devin Bush can be that kind of guy. And that was what they were missing for a few years after the, unfortunate injury with Ryan Chazier. And now they have a guy that who looks like he can become that kind of player. I mean, that's why they were so aggressive and jumping up to get him last year in 2019. And if he develops into that kind of guy, I mean, you're going to have a hard time uh, answering this question. Uh, you know, is it going to be Jude or is it going to be Devin Bush? Is it going to be TJ Watt, Minka? Who are you going to put your defense around? Because you're, you're going to have three all first team all pros. So if he comes in and, and, is that guy, if he's Ryan Shazier 2.0, uh, then, you know, he makes that defense that much better, better than it is right now. So, Tony, when we're talking about all these players, bottom line, and we talked about this earlier when we were talking about Antonio Brown, 
with the receivers, the history of those four, even five with Louis Lips in there, uh, this is a great problem to have. What a great problem to have when you have this many guys you could talk about building a franchise around. Now, right. here's a question before we get more into, um, I think Bush is solidly at number three. He could, these top three could move around, but I right. think they're number three with, they're top three with a bullet, all three of these. But Dave Shipley says something, and he had four, and he still puts Ben in that list. And I, I got to ask you this question. Are the Steelers, because he wasn't there last year, and I don't care his age, are they still building around Ben Roethlisberger? Because when you bring Eric Ebron in, when you bring in Derek Watt, when you bring in a huge guy like Chase Claypool, it seems like you're building around that quarterback in the short term. Well, yeah, when you, when you have a guy like Ben, a quarterback of that caliber, a Hall of Famer, multi-time Super Bowl winner, you have to keep building around him until until he either retires or he just doesn't have it anymore. And and you know, when when he's gone, I mean, we've discussed this many times. When when he finally is done, then it's going you know the chances of re- finding his replacement right away are going to be pretty slim. Hopefully not, but it's just how NFL history is. So. Uh, as long as he's here, you have to keep trying to, to keep that window open. And, and, and the best way to do that is, is how you describe it. You, you surround him with, with talent, not just on offense, but on defense. Because you have to, you know, if you have the complete team and you have the franchise quarterback, then you're, you're a legit Super Bowl contender. So is that actually the answer to this question? Well, it, it is. Because until... we said a couple of weeks ago, we said you're, you're not going to let anybody hold you hostage like – I'm not saying Pat Mahomes held anybody hostage, but you're not going to pony up that much money in a 10-year deal for a guy other than a quarterback. So is Ben the answer to this question? I'm still not thinking he is, but is he a 1B here? Well, I think the the, the quarterback is always the 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 default guy you have to build a team around because if you don't if you don't get that part of it right, you're never going to get over the hump. You know, we saw so many years in the 90s and, and into the early 2000s where they had complete football teams. They had, you know, they didn't have the offense that they had in the 2015 or the mid-20s, the mid-2010s, I should say. I'm starting to get, I'm still getting used to decades. Big uh, band era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, mid, the mid-2010s. Uh, but they had great, really great offenses in the 90s and in the early 2000s. And they, of course, had some of the best defenses in the NFL. I mean, they just did. But yeah, but they could never get over the hump. So when it comes to the quarterback you always have to get that right but you know once ben you know i i looked at it as more of a future question like once yeah, ben is gone and that's yeah. what it was originally meant to be yeah, and by the way is, before we get into all this let me correct myself the roaring 20s big band was probably 40s 34 right 30s yeah. and 40s so i just want to say that so what i'm saying here let's just talk about we know you got to build around Ben Roethlisberger, but right. if you're building with a future player and building this defense around somebody, who is that guy that is untouchable on the that you sign, you keep among these three, you want to keep them all, and they're going to do their damnedest to keep them all. But is it Minka locking down the secondary? Is it is it uh, the man in the middle, Devin Bush? Or is it TJ wreaking havoc and rushing the passer? What is most important to you, Tony? And live chat, what's most important? 
I think it's the most important guy is whoever's the most the, the most impactful for his, his you know and I think I think so far TJ watched the most impactful I mean we saw what the the Giants in the mid 80s with, with Lawrence Taylor I mean they had a lot of great defensive players but he was certainly the the guy that they had to watch out for in the 2000s with Troy here you know they had a lot of great defensive players but Troy was the the guy that 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 opposing offenses had to had to account for and had to game plan for and I think TJ watched that guy for them right now uh Minka is probably uh, a very close second maybe in a year or two he'll be number one because he could be that Troy Polamalu I mean he's a he's a free safety not a strong safety but but I you know I think right now uh TJ watched uh, the the man on this defense you know you could actually say at this point that they're like the three BGs BG <laughs> Barry well, look at the Maurice or Morris and Robin, who's the yeah. most important. And it, it might just shift around, but uh, for my mind, Barry is your guy. Um, for my mind, I'm, I'm still thinking Minka with TJ oh. close second, but you know, yeah, it's, it's once again, a great problem to have. Yep. And there it is. So I, I think we've solved nothing, but we've solved something. And right. that's the point of the Q and a, we are going to take about five questions from the live chat. Before we uh, get on out of here and get on to the uh, the next show, so uh, live chat, give us five, and uh, it's going to be a fast five. Donald Nolan is saying you can't forget Andy Gibb, the youngest Gibb brother, and may he rest yeah. in peace. Uh, gone at thirty years old in nineteen eighty nine. That's so. Right. I mean, that's so long ago. Remember when that happened? Um, my sister always says that was uh, the the celebrity death that that always got her the most. Um, and the only one left is Barry now. Um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it, you know what? It looks like we're not getting a lot in the live chat as far as questions right now on the Steeler Q and a. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, Christian Cahill's asking about woodchucks and chucking. Um, so uh, before we get going here, I just want to invite you for the next show. And the next show is going to be the Steelers retro show. And the great thing about that is we have talked about the Steeler present and the Steeler future on the show for the last 45 minutes or so. And then what we're going to do, we're going to just go and celebrate the past. And that's what the second show is. So if you want to talk about uh, current Steeler news, we just did it. And so now we're going to have fun with this. But a couple questions that we have. Um, Donald Nolan says, do you think it'll be white returning kickoffs and Switzer returning punts? Tony, does white make the team? If he may, if, if he makes the team, I could see him returning kickoffs, but, uh, I think, I think they're going to, they're, they're going to go with Deontay Johnson with the punts. Uh, if, 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 uh, yeah, if, if Switzer makes the team, he's just going to be, I think he's going to be the a receiver, not, okay. not a punt returner. So, uh, so you think it's going to be Kareth White and uh, where's Deontay Johnson in this mix? Well, no, I think if, if White makes the team, he'll he'll be kickoffs, and, and if Johnson makes the team, he'll be the punt returner. I mean, he's going to make the team, uh, yeah. of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I think if Switcher makes the team, he's not going to he's only going to return punts sparingly. I think they they saw what they had in Johnson last year as the punt returner. Ezra asked, "No season? Do we draft the QB in twenty twenty one?" Well, if there's no season, how would they even determine the draft? That's that's the one thing. I mean, if they're if they're 
in the late 20s or I guess what they would have been what 18th last year so I guess you could maybe find a quarterback at 18 but it, it doesn't you're like you increase your odds the, the closer you are into the top 10 so if Ben decides he's going to come back I would say I I think I still think they should wait until he retires and then and then address the quarterback problem prediction number of TDs that Derek Watt will get D Watt one I think one's pretty good I'm, I'm I'll just up it to two um, number four, Steelers, Pittsburgh asked, are you going to sing in the retro show bad? You know, I never plan singing. If it comes to me and it hits, it hits, but I've, it's never anything that I plan. But uh, we could possibly, since we're going back in time, there could be some Huey Lewis. I don't know. But remember, I don't plan it. Big H, Tony, our last question. Is Juju walking? Yes. I hate to say it, but yes. I, I don't like that answer, but there you go. Um, one last thing to bring up as far as Steeler news, and I didn't bring it up at the beginning. Christian Scott Williamson was released today from the Steelers roster. Um, the uh, from Wickham in England, who we have family over there, and they they represent because we send them Steeler stuff, and they send me West Ham United stuff, and that's the only reason I'm a fan there, and that's why I I wear uh, those colors. Um, but they, they rep the Steelers, uh, for me and I actually have them repping the Orioles too. That's the only Baltimore team that, that I'll let them rep. Um, yeah, we beat them twice in the world series, so they're harmless. Yeah. So with that being said, Tony, we need some rowdy, Roddy Piper to take us out, my friend. And to quote hot rod, just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Don't go away. <laughs>